Life is full of personal wins. Whether it's cleaning your house, getting that dream car, or checking off your to-do list, winning at life is a great feeling. And with the State Farm Personal Price Plan, you can keep winning when you create an affordable price just for you by bundling home and auto. So give yourself a round of applause. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Welcome to the ID10T podcast number 971. It's time for some corkboard action. So if you want uh, your event or thing that you made with your own hands or brain... On the corkboard, just send us uh, an email at events at id10t.com, like Derek Marconi, who writes, I have many collectible items up for sale and auction recently, comics, animation, figure, patches, pins, clothes, and more. Running through the holidays, there will be flash sales, $1 auctions, and many autographed items for sale. In addition, there will be sales on instrumentals, voice work, and other audio work. Many items I've collected over the years and currently being sold to help pay for family medical bills and treatment. Any sales, sharing, or browsing goes a long way and is helping me stay at home to take care of my wife since she has fallen ill. Thanks for reading and any viewing that may take place. All information links at uh, Atomic Blue, that's O-T-T-O-M-I-C, Blue, B-L-U-E, dot com. Uh, ah, Derek, I, I really hope, uh, I hope everything is, uh, is, is on the mend and, uh, we're, we're, we're thinking about you, pal. So, uh, please, big hugs to you and your wife and, uh, and again, um, support Derek. Clay Space writes, I just launched a sci-fi experience that blurs the lines between reality and fiction. Back to Earth is the story about a popular biotech implant people are inserting under their skin so they can connect to the internet. However, a bug has been discovered that is turning these users into zombie-like monsters. It's, that's not far off, Clay Space. Um, the chip maker is denying the bug exists, so we've created an immersive experience that has you hacking into back end of the chip maker's website and sending emails, making phone calls, using cryptocurrency in order to discover the truth before it's too late. A graphic novel will be coming out next year, and our team is currently working uh, to finance a TV show. Find it all on starfate.tech. Again, if you want your thing on here, events at id10t.com. Uh, this episode is Bridget Everett, who's one of the funniest fucking people. She, Bridget was on at midnight a ton and um, she uh, killed every time. She may have won every time she was on. She is an incredible performer. Um, if you ever get a chance to see her, you should. She's doing a series of shows 
uh, in New York right now at Joe's Pub called uh, Bridget Everett and the Tender Moments. Those shows are November 29th, December 4th, December 5th, and December 6th. Uh, just Google Joe's Pub and uh, go get tickets. It's actually uh, publictheater.org. And then you navigate and you'll find uh, Joe's Pub at the Public. So definitely go see Bridget live, either at those shows or if you have another opportunity to see her. You can listen to her podcast, Three Girls and One Keith, um, with Bridget, uh, Rachel Feinstein, Keith Robinson, and Amy Schumer. And also she's on uh, the show called Camping on HBO, which happens to star Jennifer Garner and David Tennant. So watch it on HBO or HBO Go or HBO Now. HBO! Now! Just demand it. Just like a... Now! I demand to see this HBO now! Go! So this is the incredible and wonderful Bridget Everett on episode 971 of the ID10T podcast. Oh, also, her dog is Instagram famous. Uh, You should follow her incredibly adorable Pomeranian poppy at um on instagram her account is poppy underscore louise p-o-p-p-y underscore l-o-u-i-s-e all right podcast initiating id10t protocol saw the pup, and uh, apparently the dog is quite the Instagram celebrity. Oh, have you been briefed? Well, <laughs> I... I breathed a little. <laughs> just about the dog, just about the dog. Uh, I started, like, I initially, we were gonna, I was gonna start posting more pictures of our cat, uh-huh. but the cat just doesn't really do anything. Yeah. So then I started, uh... Uh, on Snapchat, I just started drawing wieners on the cat, oh. and uh, they're like, "Well, the cat doesn't. Then the cat doesn't have to do anything. I can just draw dongs on, on a kitty cat on Snapchat. Yeah, on the on on or near the cat. And uh, but then I just decided, like, and then at a certain point, I caught, I looked at myself in the mirror, and I'm like, "You're in your forties. Is this really <laughs> what you should be doing with well, your life? You know, your friend um, Dan from the Dan Band, Infinity. Yes. Uh, are we rolling by the yes. way? Yes. Okay. Um, he likes to draw dongs on things, and so do I, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, this, this is very much in line with the Dan Finnerty that I know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it is, it's just something about, I enjoy the fact that the cat is just being a cat. Yeah. And has no concept that, uh, I'm drawing horrible things on him. No concept. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's fine. But a complete spoiled asshole. How's your dog? Oh, Poppy is an angel. She's a... <laughs> Oh, she's perfect. Poppy underscore Louise on Instagram.com. Um, she, um, she is, she's like a, a rescue, right? So she, when I got her, she was like all trembly. And I mean, she's also a Pomeranian and she's beautiful. Yeah. But um, she just has always been like a sweet little lap baby girl. But she is a, a former sex worker, so she does. <laughs> <laughs> 
I have to. Oh, wow. I don't have to. I get to go to Nashville next weekend to do some shows, and so my friend Murray Hill is going to come with me. I was like, I think she's from the streets of Nashville, yeah, right outside of Nashville. So I want to go try to find her family and and go to the. Is that too sad? No, that's great. See how they're doing. Are you going to bring her? Yeah. Oh, you're doing travel. Oh, she with her? goes everywhere. Yeah. When I sit in business class, sometimes you know, um, <laughs> they like come by and they try to check her because they think that she's a coat because she's so fluffy. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. And they try to stuff her in the overhead bin. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> Did Can you even believe that somebody allowed that to happen? That's crazy. I mean, even if you're the owner, I'd just be like, I'm getting off this plane. It's, it's insane. Yeah, because anyway. I. I Somewhere in your brain, you would have to run all the historical data and go, I've never heard of a dog being put in a bin before. But at some point, like that, that, there was just no oversight in that person's. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, okay, it seems fine. I don't know. That being said, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how long the flight would have had to be before the. For the dog to drop. Do you know? Do you ever talk on these things? You just sit over there quietly. Just sit quietly. Okay. You know, Ashley. Ashley. We don't do a lot of these in New York, and Ashley lives in New York. So Ash, Ash, Ash oh. like books our East Coast guests, mm-hmm. and right. uh, and so you know she doesn't. Uh, but now is the oppor- now is the opportunity. But you guys know each other for, for oh, years. Okay. For years. <laughs> This is just like no. We met on this site that's like Tinder, but for podcast bookers. Oh, okay, cool. So we met for coffee, and then she was like, "Okay, I would like to take this to the next level and book guests for your podcast." Okay, all right, nice. Yeah, but Booker B B O O K R, I think was the was the app. We gotta make that. That's a good idea. What is it like? What do they call like you know like when girls get well? Some girls get drunk. Like, hey, hooker. Could be like, hey, booker. So What are you doing in Nashville? What shows are you doing? Uh, I'm doing the old Zanies. You, Zanies is great. I love it. You know, it's one of the first places I ever did like a comedy club. I went with Amy Schumer and I was like, I was convinced that my act was not going to work in a comedy club. She's like, just trust me. And so we went to Zanies and, and Punchline in Atlanta. Yeah. That's, uh, that's how I got on the comedy club circuit. How do you like it? <laughs> uh, comedy clubs? Yeah. I don't really like them. I like Zanies. I like, like, I'll only go back to ones that I like because right. I just don't care enough about it. You know, like, yeah. I love, I can perform live in rock clubs in New York and that's yeah. good enough for me. <laughs> yeah. But so was Cabaret sort of the, like, was that, were those the seeds of live performance for you? Yeah. Well, that and, and karaoke, like real hardcore karaoke. <laughs> I was one to be in, um, what was the one that you did with Dan? The, um, the, not School of Rock. Why am I th- oh, 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 you mean, uh, um, um, Rock, rock of Ages. Ages. Yeah. yeah. I was wanted to be like in a show like that, but, um, did you I go just, to that? Uh, to see it? Yeah. No, but I did want to. It was really fun. <laughs> it was know. it was fun when when Dan was doing it. It was uh-huh. really really fun. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Dan, he's, Dan's just a super fun guy, and it had a real it had a real loose vibe to it. And I I never saw the Rock of Ages when it was on Broadway. But I, were you guys a tour? Or were you in? We were just I, I, I we were in the first cast. Like okay. I, we started the first cast in L.A. Okay. Okay. We were, yeah, we, we're just doing that. it at rock clubs. Yeah. And then. Um, and then it kind of blew up and like got fancy, and I was like, "Oh, I'm not a. I don't think I could sing eight shows. Like I can no. sing a couple shows, yeah, but I'm not a trained singer. So I just I never did it. But I heard it got real fancy, like real yeah. Broadway. Yeah, it did. Sean, are you friends with Sean Janess too? He's got that kind of voice. No, he's friends with Dan. Anyway, but I was like, I my dream when I moved to New York was to be on Broadway. But now that I know that you can just do like two shows on the weekend and go back home, I'm like, why would I ever do that? I mean, you can't do anything else if you're doing a Broadway show. You can't. Like you're a prisoner. And then also just like the vocal stamina and the physical stamina. Um, there's something I'm like talking to somebody about doing. On Broadway, and I was like, it's like a dream, but I'm really, it's like I don't, I don't know if I can punch a card that much. Like I remember when Amy was doing, Amy Schumer was doing um, 
she did Steve Martin's play on Broadway. Yeah. And just watching her keep that that schedule made me get into bed. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like it might be fun if you could do it for like a month or two. So you can say like, I yeah. did it, you know, I checked the box. Yeah. But, I, but you don't have to do it for like... That's what the big stars do. Yeah. I want to do something. Patty LuPone and I are trying to work something out and like, she could probably make that call, but I can never be like, oh, we're only going to do it for six weeks. But that's all I'd want to do. <laughs> How many live performance things do you... Because I know you have a band and then you do solo stuff and then you do... Yeah. Like, how, how many different... How many different things do you do? I mean, a lot. I just like... It's like... Because my career didn't sort of start kicking until my 40s, so it's like, just I'm just always hustling. You know, you can't ever shake that, you know, the, the hustle and the hunger. So, yeah. so I do really just everything I can, basically. I mean, I love saying no to stuff now, because, like, I can, I live on the top floor, I got a terrace now, you know, I can say no to a few <laughs> things. But, but other than that, before that, I was in clubs every night, I was singing, you know, I do acting and writing and everything, you know, like everybody does, just to stay alive. And I got that dog in there who's on an organic fucking diet. She was at Just Food for Dogs in L.A., you know? You, I mean, oh, yeah, Just Food for Dogs. Yeah, I saw some documentary about how they put, like, filler and all this nasty shit in dog food. And I was like, my little princess is not going to eat that shit anymore. No, no. <laughs> you, she, she needs food that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's been uh, checked by a, sci- a scientist. Yes, and a dick in her mouth drawn by a princess. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, you know, because uh, just a reminder of where she came from. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> That's a horrible thing. Like those, I mean, no wonder she's like every time like a dog comes around, she just plants her ass on the ground because she's so afraid they're going to try to stick it in. Like, no, no are you no were serious about that? I'm dead serious. I thought we were just doing a bit. Yeah, well, her life is a bit. So. <laughs> it, just got, it just turned into it like turned, a. It just turned into like an Oscar-nominated film oh about a dog overcoming. You know, like. Her. But that, I want to make a, a movie about her. Like, and well, I shouldn't say what it is because somebody would probably write it, but. No, but I want to write like her true story and like write songs and. There um, is zero reason why you should. That is a great. You should. You should absolutely do that. There's zero reason to not do that. I saw that Isle of Dogs. Did you ever see that? I, I saw, did see Isle of Dogs. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, you can make sort of like an animated or like that kind of movie for adults. I guess there's other stuff like that that exists, but but you know, like I think like an animator. She's so beautiful. I'd want it to be like live action, but she's not a, she's not an actress. A really, no, she's not trained. Fun, gritty, fucked up musical yeah. drama. Yeah. Just, like Oscar caliber performances. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> With just like dog sex. Yeah. And dog crying. Yeah. The and real dog drugs. Like, oh yeah. And, Nicole Kidman, Skarsgård, fucking, <laughs> fucking, who else is, who else is hot? Ever all, all Al of them. Pacino. Pacino's in yeah, there. Yeah, Pacino's in there. And you gotta get some young ones. You gotta get those two sisters. Who are the sisters? The Fanning girls? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The Fanning's in there. Yeah, the flashback. The flashback Fanning girls where they're getting... Yeah, it's gonna be... It's you gotta get uh, Rooney Mara in there. Rooney Mara, yeah, yeah, yeah. Does she have an accent? She does. She's from, she's from somewhere else, right? No, I think they're from here. I think their dad owns a big football team. Oh, they're rich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like mega, mega. Mega, mega. Ashley's over in the... She's the just Giants. nodding. The Giants. They own the Giants? Yeah. Wait, yeah. don't people have enough? <laughs> don't people have enough of the evil about? I mean, shit. I mean, if we're keeping score. Wait, who was... She was like the girl with the tattoo? Yeah, yeah, the girl with the I could have done that. You could have done that. She could have sat at a fucking game and handed out flags for the football team. <laughs> <laughs> you could have... You would have tattooed a dragon on your body. I would... Yes. I, I would do anything. I honestly do believe that this... I'm not even kidding. This movie would be groundbreaking. I mean, it, it could almost sort of be like, you know, 
tonally a bit like Hedvig, which was yeah. so beautiful. Like there's yeah. a, there's a real beauty to it. Yeah, I love that. But I you love see, that show. You see the struggle and you feel yeah. the. Oh, you have to do that. Please do that. Oh, I love that you referenced that. I love that. I saw, that was like the first show that I fell in love with in New York or one of them. I went to see it like five times. I saw Ali Sheedy do it, Donovan Leach. I never saw John Cameron Mitchell do it, but I saw everybody else. And Michael C. Hall before he was oh, he's uh, Dexter killing people. That was pre-Dexter. Yeah, and pre, I think he was MC on Broadway and Cabaret. I don't know, do you, do you listeners learn some musical theater? <laughs> <laughs> Why well, wasn't, you know, I didn't, I imagine, did you, were you musical theater in, in school? Yeah, show choir, music theater, all that. And then I went to school for opera. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> How do you keep your voice uh, <clears throat> warm? Because, you know, when, uh, like, I could sing a lot more when I was in my 20s and my 30s, and now my 40s, I sing like two songs and my throat's like, nope. Yeah. All done. Well, I went to, when I was doing a show, somebody paid for me to go to like a really fancy voice coach. Because I'd always, I studied, but I would, but studied opera so I could sing that way. But when I sing like rock and stuff, I would just always shred my voice. Of course. So I went to this woman um, who taught me all these like exercises. Like, this is like bullshit. You know, like, <laughs> somebody's paying all this money, but like I don't lose my voice anymore. So she really, she teaches like Neil Patrick Harris and Hugh Jackman and like that guy from The Darkness. You know that band? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That guy can sing. Get your hands off of my woman. <laughs> like that guy. Yeah. yeah. You can't. <laughs> well, that's, the, the, the shred, like the shreddy rock voice, is really fun to do. But I always worried, like, oh, if I got real training, would it? Would you be able to? Like, do you lose the shreddy rock voice? Is, is it more like I want to know what love is? Know. Like, do you do you still keep it? Um, I mean, the thing is, is like I you have to worry about longevity. You know, like that's the thing. Like Patti Lapone, like she. You know, um, she sounds better than anyone, and she's in her 70s. Like, she goes, she takes voice lessons, she's like an athlete, she does all her stuff, and, and, um, I don't know, I'm, I, I feel like when you listen to, who was I listening to the other day? Oh, that guy from Linkin Park, rest in peace, sorry, but, but like, just that kind of like shredding, shredding, shredding. Yes. When I hear that, all I hear is like the vocal trauma happening. Right. <laughs> um, so, I know, yeah, I don't want to sound like sing-songy, but it's so important to just keep it alive. And I trash it by the... That's why I can only sing like an hour and a half show. Because by then I'm just like, oh, it's starting to go. I got to go go to the bar and drink four glasses of wine and let people talk at me. <laughs> you know, got to sterilize. Yeah, I got to sterilize. Know, I yeah. sterilize all yeah. that stuff out. Can you... Do you do... When you're doing um, comedy clubs, how much of your show is music and how much of it is... It's all. It's like the same... I just do it with tracks. I'm like, hit the track, hit the track. I say that to my band too. But I, I do like, you know, eight songs and then tell some stories and get involved but like I'm getting more and more nervous to go on the road with the style of show I do because it's like interactive and you know I just I just feel like maybe I'm going to stick to New York for a while after these Nashville shows yeah I don't know though to, to me you seem like such a fearless performer in the sense that because you were always amazing on At Midnight I mean oh, like every, I love doing that show every time it. you came on you destroyed on that show <laughs> and what's really fun and inspiring to watch is like oh yeah Bridget is just like she's firmly planted in, like you are so solid as a performer that I don't sense any like hesitation. No. But I don't want that. You know what I mean? Like for some, I, it's like the the more like because you know the wilder and bigger you get. Like I've definitely like toned it down. There was like some I was doing some really crazy shit for a while. Like when I was trying to get um, some um, get my career going, I was like I did the show one time with like a razor and I like shaved some shit on stage and my friend Murray Hill sat me down afterwards. He's like, all right, kids, you got to slow down. <laughs> so I didn't go that far, but, like, 
I still do a lot of crazy shit and I want to keep trying new things, but I just, uh, I don't know. I just, I guess maybe I'm getting older or something and I want to just, I'm afraid to sort of go too wild, you know, like in an unknown place. I feel right. comfortable doing it at Joe's Pub in New York because like that's my scene. I know people are there to see me, but I want to keep trying and trying wild shit and, um, but do it somewhere where I feel safe. Yeah. But it's interesting that you were talking about that now you say no to stuff, uh-huh. which is good because when you, it's hard to get out of that place when you're young and hungry and you just yeah. want to work. And yeah. so you're just like, well, I can't turn stuff. I got to do everything. Yeah. You know, it is, it is important to sort of realize where you're at and go, oh, yeah, I don't think I need to be that anymore. Yeah. I enjoy that. I enjoy like, I enjoy sort of having a hold on it now, you know, cause like for a while I just felt like I would just do anything for anybody. I wasn't thinking of myself, you know? And so I was just like always spent, I had no creative energy left and, um, now I do because I can look out the window. Before I was in a ground floor apartment, it was really dark and sad. Like, <laughs> and you literally did the opposite. Yeah. No. No. It's like just uh, sunlight. I got a beautiful dog. I got a. I got a, an iPhone. <laughs> I got a seltzer machine. I got a golden diaper on the on the. You do have a wall. golden diaper on the thing. Yeah. What is that from? Uh, I used to host a show called Our Hit Parade, and we used to do this uh, game called What's in My Diaper, and like. <laughs> People have to reach in your diaper, but first guess what it was. <laughs> Those were the wild. What layers. types of objects might have been? In oh the god, diaper? it could have been a book. It could have been a, a stack of CDs. It could have been um, gum. It could have been anything. Was anyone really good at the game? No. <laughs> <laughs> but that's. I've always. I've always been really fascinated by this. By because. You know, stand-up, like the stand-up clubs, the stand-up circuit, and I think the cabaret circuit are definitely yeah. cousins. Yeah, cousins of each for other. Sure. Yeah. Because there is that kind of like gritty, like, okay, we're just going to throw everything we can yeah. at, at you and, you know, all, all bets are off kind of yeah. thing. But I do, I was always envious of the cabaret scene because it definitely, the cabaret scene, because it's, it's so much more experimental and so yeah. much more unbridled I think because stand up you can I feel like you can try some stuff in a stand up venue yeah but but there but you kind of you still have to stay within some lanes yeah. and cabaret just seems like any fucking it's, cool crazy thing yeah, you want to do yeah it's lawless and that's why I love it so much and that's why I'm so happy I found it because when I moved to New York I was like oh I want to be on Broadway I want to be in a musical but then I found this like sort of you know, there's like an old guard of cabaret where you're like singing and telling stories and, you know, and those people are great, but they want nothing to do with me. <laughs> I'm involved with like the world of like, um, like, uh, Taylor Mack and Cola Scola and Aaron Markey and all these like really wild, weird thinkers and, and Murray Hill and Champagne Jerry and like people that you should look up if you don't know them, but they're just like, it's a really, <clears throat> it's just like lawless and off the rails and like nudity and like just singing shit and saying what's ever on your mind and and it's expected you know it's like welcomed and I feel like sometimes when I'm in a comedy club like people just show up to see a show and they want to see somebody just like you know boom set spike you know like hear the set up the punchline and then like right. and drink their two beers and go home but it's more of an experience I, th- I think cabaret is more of an experience like you know it's not always about like Super funny, 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 but you get some money notes and in my case, some tits. <laughs> <laughs> but it always, but it also, I would imagine it all, there always has to be like some authentic, like I feel like the audience knows when something's not authentic. Like yeah. if someone just tries to do something that's weird for the sake of weird, yeah. do, do, does the audience get suspicious or do they get like, what is it? What's yeah. a bad show at a cabaret? How do you know if that, are- yeah, it's like anything else. I think you have to be like, you can be wild and weird, but if it's not like, like Aaron Markey is this crazy sort of um, wild. Um, I'm trying to think of who, how to describe her, but like 
if Amy Sedaris did cabaret with like meets Gilda Radner meets like Shecky Green. I don't know what, what that was about. What I just tried to come up with, but <laughs> I like it though. But she's like a total wild, weird ride. But it works when you see her because you're like, that's who she is. But then I see people like trying to be like her. They're like. I'm from Brooklyn. I'm going to do some weird shit. And you're just right. like, but that's not you. So stop. Right, right, <laughs> you know? right, 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 right. And I, you know, I go to things and like, I don't, I hate the feeling of like that, that expression punching down or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. like I never want to do that. I really want to see other people from cabaret and like in downtown New York succeed because to me it's such a thrilling, vibrant world and people do such crazy shit. Um, but I also, if they're, if they're not really being true to themselves and I'm not interested in helping them, which makes me feel like I'm kind of being a cunt, but, and I'm not like so wildly successful that I can do much for anybody, but you know, like I do try to do what I can and you know, cause a lot of people help me out, you know, were you ever, did, did you grow up shy or were you always sort of uh, like, no, I was like wild. I was like oversexed and weird and like doing naughty things and just my mom and dad are really funny but both in very different ways and they hated each other and that added some fun Um, (laughs) (laughs) but like my mom like used to walk around like grocery stores and in her nightgown with no bra and like her coat on and just like you know just like just just like her own unique person and like she would come home from work take her bra off right away and she's just super funny she's a music teacher and and weird. She, I think she thought we were like the Kennedys of Manhattan, Kansas, but we were not. You know, <laughs> we were just like a bunch of hellions. And and my brothers and sisters are all super funny. We used to sit around the Thanksgiving table and try to like make people laugh until either they cried or wet their pants. And so my sister would usually wet her pants and I would cry. <laughs> no, did, so in Kansas, in I would imagine in the eighties, probably. Yeah. Seventies, uh, eighties, seventies, eighties. Yeah, we're probably about the same age. I'm forty six. Yeah, me too. Oh, hey, all right, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Living our best lives. Forty six. <laughs> this is where it gets good. Yeah. No, now that was the other was just a prequel. <laughs> this is the fucking main attraction. Check out my Snapchat for more dicks later. All right, forty six. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know how to use. I'll draw chicks on cats. <laughs> Yeah, someone, is that, can you like do you have like a snapchat channel is that how it goes and then you just I kind of I kind of let snapchat go because it's, it's is it over I don't even know I don't know it just for me it was it's like Instagram is is just available to yeah. out, out there and snapchat's a little more of a walled garden yeah and so and it's like you don't even really know who you're, it's going out mm-hmm. to or you I, I don't know for whatever reason it just wasn't as compelling to me There's nothing wrong with snapchat it was yeah. just, just me but yeah um, so now i gotta put the dicks on cat pictures on on instagram which is fine <laughs> but uh but but at that oh and then you just reminded me that my wife said that a guy is trying to there's a guy who's who was born in 1949 Mm-hmm. Who his doctor said you have the health of someone who's twenty years younger than you, so he's legally trying to get his age changed I saw to that say he- that he was born in nineteen sixty nine. I saw that headline. I I didn't click on it. I was like, this is this is some bullshit. Is this like is this somebody that has a problem with people like with their gender? Is like that's I thought like it must be like somebody just being like, well, if somebody was you know born a woman and thinks they're a man now, then I can. Oh, then I'm gonna be born 1969. No, it didn't read that way. It read oh, like okay. he well, really. I, it read like he really was like well, I want to. I should. I should be born in 1969 and not 1940. But also like we could just tell people you were born in 1969. Yeah. Have, yeah. No, how often do you tell someone your age and they go, I'm gonna need to see some legal <laughs> exactly. documentation. I mean, and socially. Yeah. Yeah. Know, I don't know. But in Kansas, was there a in a pre-internet era? 
was there a support structure for the type of stuff that you were into? Like, what it, what type of what type of stuff were you into then? How did you get it? And who were your friends? Um, well, luckily I had five older brothers and sisters, so I heard like a lot of cool music. Nice. <laughs> like Ario Speedwagon Air Supply, and like, <laughs> that was in one room. And then my brother was like into DeBarge, and like the other room. And then my other brother was like into bread and cream and. My mom was into Manilow and Streisand, and so I heard a lot of music, but <clears throat> the only thing, like, we would watch Saturday Night Live, and I could do that because my brothers and sisters would watch it, yeah. and I remember seeing, like, Joe Cocker and John Belushi, and I was like, oh my god, and Debbie Harry, I saw her, and, but there wasn't really, like, um, a support structure. The only the support structure I did have is that my mom was a music teacher, so she really thought there was nothing wrong with, like, moving to New York and wanting to be a singer. She's like, yeah, go ahead. It's taking you 20 years. Fine. Go keep waiting tables. You're going to make it. Like, so there's that support structure. But I mean, other than that, it was just like show choir and, and keggers on the weekend. And that's sort of like meets me. You marry a kegger and show choir and you got yourself a, a rock and roll cabaret singer. <laughs> that's it. That's, <laughs> that's, 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 that's what, what happens. Do, that's all the things that come together. I'm putting the wobble wedge back at the table. Listeners at home. Okay. Cause the table's look. a little bit wobbly. I, I, I really need to describe the rug that we're on. Oh, yeah. It's incredible. It's a uh, it's a kitty in a in a pile of pills. Yeah, yeah. It's one of my um, favorite things in my apartment. So adorable. Um, I, yeah, I was on that um, Museum of Modern Art um, gift store website thing, and I saw these rugs, and I was like. What can I do with the rug with a kitty cat and pills? Well, I'm going to make it work. And I just bought it. And then so I got this round table to go on top of it. But this is the wrong size, so I got another one coming. But, um, but yeah, I just love it. Does your act change for the type of venue that you're... I mean, like, I know you said you do songs, you do songs in the comedy club, but do, tonally, are you exactly the same? Or do you shift a little bit for the cabaret crowd versus the... Yeah, like, the, cabaret, the cabaret crowd, I have my band, so I take time and I, like... Uh, you know, I mix in some like tenderness and like some ballads, so it's not just slam, 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 slam. But like at a comedy club, I really try to keep it like raucous and vibrant and like jokes, 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 or not jokes, but funny. Um, but that's why I love doing the shows in New York because I can take my time and like tell some like meaningful shit and and like maybe do some of the political stuff. I'm not really a political person, you know, comedian or whatever. Right. Like you know. I wear a resist ring every day, and I hate Trump. You know, there's that's and, the, nice. and you're, you're wearing a Ruth Bader Ginsburg pin. Oh yeah, because you know I don't know how long how when this comes out, but you know she cracked her ribs, and and I, I've got like so much Ruth Bader Ginsburg stuff. Did you see her documentary? No, I haven't seen it. Oh, I I was lit up. I was watching it with Amy Schumer, and we were high fiving, we were crying, and um, so I light like during the you know I have a Ruth Bader Ginsburg candle. I light like whenever fucking something's going off the rails, or when we have the um. The elections the other night. I got her, I got Maxine and, and Muller, and I just lined them all up and just prayed to something. Have you ever met her? Um, I waited on her. Like, <clears throat> years ago when I was, I waited tables on the Upper West Side, not far from here, at uh, Ruby Foods on the Upper West Side, and, and she was there with, like, her whole family, and she was just as sweet and polite as she could have been. And Good tipper? At, um, yeah, I think 20%. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I remember if she wasn't. I remember those people. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I remember... <laughs> I waited on Jerry Orbach one time. You remember Jerry Orbach? Of course Orbach? I remember Jerry Orbach. Yeah. So I used to watch Law & Order, like back-to-back episodes, and then I would go to work. And then one time he came in and he sat in my section and I was like, holy shit. Like, this is like so meta or something. I don't know. And so I like brought him a free piece of cake at the end and just sort of sat there and watched it. And I was like, if you don't tip me, 
That's okay. I'm okay. It's Jerry Orbach. He's given me enough. Um, but he was a good tipper. He was a good tipper? Yeah. I'm glad that's where that story landed. Yeah. I was very worried he's going to be like 5%. No, Orbach! Richard Dreyfus has a little work to do. He goes... <laughs> You know, maybe he's come around. You know what would be funny is if, if you did the podcast and just talked about who was bad. Right? Just list, just put people on blast for being yeah. bad tippers. Yeah, from this uh, episode, we've got we've got we got hey booker, we got movie, we got bad tippers. What else can we possibly? Bad tippers talk is about? a great name for a podcast. <laughs> That's great. Oh, I worked at Ruby Foods for a long time. Here's the scoop. Oh my god, I did. I was at I I worked at the original PF Chang's in Scottsdale, Arizona. Oh wow, I know a lot of those. A lot of those athletes used to come in. There were some great tippers and some not great tippers. And then Ruby Foods, which was a hot spot for a while. I waited on Woody and Sunyi. I waited on Howard Stern. I've waited on Richard Simmons. I've done it all. <laughs> and as a as a performer, like, do you ever when you're if you're waiting on someone that you like, you yeah. know, do, do you do you give a little extra or do you like? Oh, I want them to notice me. Or are you good at like? I'm just gonna leave them alone. I try to keep. I used. I tried to like keep it. You know. Like, chill. Like I, you know, wasn't any big deal. You know, yeah. just hey, I'm, we're just peers here. You know, I got the apron on, but we're peers. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. We know each other's struggle. <laughs> I know how it is. But like, if you ever would ever wait on Howard Stern, you'd be so excited because he's so polite and like he'd come with his daughter. And when I was working this other restaurant after Ruby Foods closed, because I opened it and closed it, ten years of service. Thank you so much. Um, but Howard Stern was like always such a great tip. He took like fifty on a hundred or something like that. Nice. But that's it's nice to be able to do stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Why, why not have all? If you're gonna have all that money, you might as well just you might as well know, share with people. Might as well share with people. Yeah. Uh, maybe like ten years ago, before I was really working a lot, I went to lunch with Drew Carey and we went to this diner, and I tried to be a big shot, and I wasn't really working at the time. And uh, I'm like, I'll get lunch. And he goes, oh, oh. and I could tell something was wrong. I go, what's wrong? And he goes, um, yeah, I like to, <clears throat> I like to tip him like a hundred bucks. So can you? <laughs> and it was all like on a twenty dollar yeah. thing. And he goes, can you? And I was like, okay, you you get it. Yeah. Like, I just couldn't. <laughs> and we went to lunch recently, or we went to dinner recently, and I went to grab. And the same thing happened. I go. I got it this time, Drew. <laughs> I go, how much are you going to tip? He told me. I was like, that's how much I'm going to tip. It's oh, fine now. That's so and nice. it just—it sort of felt like, oh, I came full circle because yeah. I got to—I got to—I got to be at that level, yeah. you know, for, that's a, what, for a night. When I go out to eat with Amy um, Schumer, she's always like, no, because <laughs> she's like, I'm going to leave a great tip, but she's going to change someone's life. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I know that that's the case. <laughs> But that's good though. Like that's what you're supposed to. You know, like you got it. It's good. You know, it's yeah. all, it's nice. You like see somebody like taking the check presenter. Like, thank you, ladies. Have a great day. And you see somebody walk over to the side station and just like, oh, just gently weeping. Like, it's like, what did you leave that? Don't worry about that. Stuff I found in the couch. Okay. All right. Jeez. Gosh. I mean, yeah. is it? You know, do do you do you think that being like. Stupidly wealthy is good, or do you think it's just it comes with weird stuff attached? I think to it, it comes with weird stuff. I mean, I know some. I'm sure you know. We all know stupidly wealthy people. You know, like they're just like so successful and just like I feel like it changes you. But you know, like I wouldn't want that responsibility. Like I wouldn't want like right now. I make enough money that I can send my mom like a thousand dollars, or I can yeah. send or pay some of her bills or whatever. And like she's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you know, but people like my 
brother is not calling me and saying, well, are you going to kick in for my kid's tuition? You right. know, like, right, not, right. like, where does it end? You know, some of my wealthy friends, they have a really long bread line. And I just feel like you it changes the dynamic of your world and your relationships. If it, it can. Right. You know, but... Um, and also probably affects the choices that you make yeah. and how you have to live. And yeah. The, you know, I mean, not like... I mean, I'm saying, like, oh, you should really feel bad for rich people. But I just mean in the <laughs> sense of, you know, like, it does it does come with some stuff Yeah. at the same time. Like, Oprah is still... I don't know. I've never met her, but, like, she's... She's still relatable. People love her, but you know that she's sitting on a mountain of, like, diamonds and marble castles and, like... Yeah. And how... While she tries to, you know, she is like a warm, relatable person, but like how, how street really are you? Or how connected to the people you once were are you? Well, for her, especially, it's got to be hard because it's not like, even if she really wants to be like super connected with people, every, it's like she can't just walk into a Starbucks. She can't. Because anywhere she goes, people are going, oh my God, like she's yeah. going to get like jumped by yeah. fans. Oh. Starting to ring. Is that okay? Oh, it's be- I think it's going to add a nice ambiance. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just lull people into sleep. Like, oh, it's a little, sl- it's a little sleep machine. Yeah. I have a skylight on the top floor now. Very- <laughs> <laughs> you gotta, I mean, having like a full balcony, like that's a full-size door yeah. to a balcony. Like you don't have to climb out a window no, to get to that I balcony. That it wraps a- around too. Jesus. I know. I'm, I really sound like I've really made it. I haven't. It's a rental, but you know, I, I love it. What are you excited about? Like as we're, you know, now that we're in this magical 46. Yeah. Um, what is your, what, what do you feel like you know now at 46 that you didn't know before? I mean, the, the, the main thing that, like I'm excited about really fully having a realization about is to just not surround myself or work with people that aren't there to lift me up, you mm-hmm. know? And like, and vice versa. Like I'm not doing anybody any favors if I'm not like supporting them fully. Like just the people, you know, I spent a lot of time in my thirties with like an, uh, working with like an underminer, you know, like somebody who was like jealous and I, but I thought that that was what I was worth. So, so feeling like that I'm worthy of where, what I've earned is, really invaluable and I wish I knew that in my 20s because you see some people in their 20s and they're so confident they think well yeah I deserve to fucking be here you know I deserve two Oscars by the time I'm 30 or whatever it is you (laughs) know what I mean like or I just it just took me a long time to realize that and it's a shame because I think I could have done a lot more you know but there's I don't know though but maybe it's well there's what do you think what do you like how do you feel about that I agree with you but I also think that it's kind of necessary to go through that period that you're talking about because if you just if you just had all the answers at 23... Good point. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, that's kind of boring. And then also, where do you go from there? Yeah. I don't know. It, it just seems it seems nice to have lived and made dumb mistakes and yeah. and grown and, and learned. And to, because then you can't appreciate... You can't fully appreciate something until yeah. you've fallen and, and skidded on your face, you know, several yeah. times. Which is, makes me feel so bad for these like younger people that like make mistakes with the internet now it's like there's just like a black mark is like forever or something right. you know and I feel like that's so unfair because thank god there wasn't like a camera or like a, an Instagram story following me everywhere with all the shit I said in there. <laughs> 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 like, yeah, truly. those of us who were full adults by the time the internet came around yeah thank god like that, <laughs> just having that like having a feet having a foot in each one of those yeah. worlds but, you know, even as much of a social media person as I was since there was, you know, well, just an internet person since there was internet, yeah. you know, now I'm sort of like, I don't know if, how I feel about, you know, being on it all the time anymore. And I don't know if that's just 
I'm starting to sound like an old person or what, but I, I am appreciating the real world yeah. more than I, than I used to. And I it's think nice. that's better. Yeah. It's so much better. Like, you, you know, just to, I like to go see like a lot of live shows. I like to go see, I don't get out of my house enough because like I, I'm in my phone or computer, like fucking online shopping or whatever. But, <laughs> but you know, I, I've really made an effort to, to not go on like Facebook and not Twitter is like it, it's it's gonna give me a heart attack. Yeah, and I don't I don't even tweet. I just retweet other people because I get too mad when I start to write something. <laughs> uh, Instagram I like because it's like pictures. Yeah, just visuals. Just I pictures. follow a lot of cats and dogs, and you know I'm into celebrity animals and and rescue sites. That's sweet. It's a balance. Nice. <laughs> but um, but yeah, life is about the living. I love to spend time with friends, and now I got an apartment that I'm not ashamed of. I see a lot more people, and also. I also feel like you, when you're young, you sort of just, your friend group is just sort of whoever is nearby. Yeah. And then when you start to grow up a little bit and you're like, I, oh, I can pick my friends. Yeah. And then you start, like you said, you just want to be surrounded by people who lift you up and support yeah. you. It's weird that it, I feel like it took me years to figure that out. Yeah. Like that, it seems like, oh, well you would just know to do that, but yeah. But it's, I you feel don't. like I had to learn that. Yeah, it just took me way too long to figure it out. <laughs> but you're right. It's just like you're sort of slogging through life and you're just like... But then like once I I, I had friends like Amy, my friend Murray Hill, and all these people that just want great things for you. It's like, I was like, I had to like... It took me like five years to adjust to like people that that like I like they really love me. What the fuck is wrong with them? <laughs> you know what I mean? Don't you know how dumb you are for loving me? What is your problem? <laughs> I know. But, um, but now I'm just so much happier and you know... Lighter in spirit, not in physical, but spirit. <laughs> Spiritual. Well, that's important. That's important, though. Yeah. Because if you go down the other path, it's just like that sort of blackness in your soul yeah. just envelops you, and then you're yeah. just a bitter old person. Yeah. And then it's over. Yeah. Then your mom, my mom, sitting in a blue chair, chain smoking her cigarettes, and like just like <laughs> not you're shut in. But when she goes out, she's like, she like you know she gets so excited. We go to McDonald's and. She's like, hi, it's Freddie. Oh, hi, Freddie. Pull around. You know, they know what she wants. Oh, that's so sweet. They hand her her caramel frappuccino with whipped cream and shit going everywhere. And she's like, wildly diabetic, should not be having it. But I'm like, you know, live your life. You're, you're 84. You might as well just... She's 84? Yeah. She had me one... Maybe she's 83, but... Um, sorry if I exaggerated. Um, but yeah, she had me when she was almost 40. Wow. Is that the math? Yeah, that seems about right. Yeah, yeah. Thirty, thirty-eight. Do you have young parents? Are your parents like my mom? Yeah, sixty. No, my my no no no. They're not that young. I mean, teen bride. My mom was in. I'm listening. I'm just getting some more salt. So keep talking. Your mom was what? Bridget just leaves. She's like, I'm just done with this. I'm gonna be here anymore. It's raining outside. I went to um uh a show last night and it was all you could drink Chardonnay. So I gotta stay hydrated. <laughs> Drink Chardonnay. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like an album title. <laughs> yeah. You can yeah. drink Chardonnay. Just a yeah. glass of Chardonnay on the front. That's right. That's the one That's thing. That's a good idea. i got to write a song today. Maybe I'll do that. you going to write a song? Okay, mm -hmm. so the song today is All You Can Drink Chardonnay. Yeah. Okay, so how does All You Can Drink Chardonnay start? Well, first of all, i got to stop shaking. I'm like, right now I'm on a caffeine. Like, you know, you probably don't. Drink everybody's clean in comedy. Yeah, um, but, that's um, the way it is now. <laughs> but you know, I wake up with these um, Chardonnay shockers. Um, you know, when all the sugar like rattles you awake. <laughs> and then um, now, and then I had a coffee, 
and now I'm having seltzer, and I'm just all fumes right now. I'm like, and when you guys leave, I'm going to just stop trembling, and then yep. I'm going to l- let my brain settle. Yep. And uh, I'll start, I'll get to work, because I'm in a songwriter's group, like uh, adult people do. <laughs> I feel like that you've already said a lot of things that are a good place for the song to start. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, you know, you, you wake up, you've got the shakes, you've got the caffeine, yeah. you've got the seltzer water. Yeah. And you're just, you're basically just biding your time to all-you-can-drink Chardonnay. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and every day can be all you can drink Chardonnay. It really can be. <laughs> I remember I did that. Um, oh, um, and it was, it was on NPR. What's it, uh, Terry Gross? Yep. You know, I did it. Uh, and I did the. I was in this movie. It's like a small movie, and so we were talking about it. It's called Patty Cakes, which I love being a part of. And then like we had the opening night party, and we just like fucking went off the rails. And like the next morning, I have to go talk to Terry Gross. You know, it's like a very it's NPR. It's like no, be on your toes, bitch. And I was like not on my toes, <laughs> and I just kept being like, yeah, you know, I'm drinking and blah blah blah, drinking. And I think at some point she's like, I'm worried about you. <laughs> oh no! I mean, she didn't say that. I mean, it was so thrilling to get to be yeah. on that program. Um, but I should not have done it in the condition I was in. <laughs> you know what, though? I feel like Chardonnay is appropriate for the NPR crowd. That's right. Thank that, you. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Yeah, uh, Terry, I just want to I just want to specify, it was Chardonnay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, then. I do have a bottle of Jaeger that I've never opened, because in that movie, Patty Cakes, I, like, I talk about Jaeger, so Jaeger sent me a bottle with like my name embossed on it or whatever. Oh, wow. But I'm not... I'm not going to be doing Jaeger shots unless... Ashley, do you want one? You gotta... <laughs> I have vague memories of... It's been a long time. It's been a long time for me, but I, I have vague memories of... I only ever drank beer, really, but occasionally, uh-huh. if you want to kick it up and... Yeah! And it's like, there oh, let's go. do a shot. The Jaeger shot, I, I feel like it was like poisonous licorice. Oh, yeah. It's hardcore. You know, it, um, but I like anything that sort of burns going in because you know it's doing its job. <laughs> Just kill all those germs. That's got to burn coming out. Yeah. Oh, that's got to burn coming but out. But now instead of Jaeger, I do ginger shots. Because, um, oh. uh, yeah, I try to do a ginger shot every day. It keeps me clean. keeps me, um, so I don't get sick, so I don't lose my voice, so I can make some money. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You get yeah. the ginger and the uh, um, apple cider vinegar is really good for the... Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's really good for the, there, the pipes. There's a place in West Hollywood that, like, is like, you go in there, I would see Cheyenne Jackson in there. He's very handsome. You know Cheyenne Jackson? No. He's an actor. He's gorgeous. Look him up. You'd be like, oh, he's gorgeous. He's gorgeous. Um, but he, um, he's always in there getting some juice. That's how he looks so beautiful. That's, that's, and and so. it's, just, it's just solidifying his, yeah. his taut skin to yeah. his... Uh, he's more and more beautiful every day. Yeah, it's because of the shots. Because of the shots. <laughs> I try to... They say the worse the shots taste, yeah. the ginger shots, like the, the healthy shots, the more toxins are in your body. Is that true? Probably. <laughs> Ashley, you just nodded. I'm sorry, I'm looking at Cheyenne Jackson. Oh, you were not! I thought you were! I thought you were! God damn it. He's gonna look at me. You were nodding. Yeah, I know. You were having your own private Cheyenne Jackson moment over there. I was sitting in my favorite restaurant in West Hollywood. Um, Hugo's, you ever go to Hugo's? Oh, yeah, yeah, Hugo's is yeah. great. I love it. I, I, was, I would like to leave a nice tip there. Leave a nice tip at Hugo's. Um, and they, um, and I'm sitting there, and Cheyenne Jackson just like honks and waves. I've seen him more than I've seen my own mother in the last year. It sounds like destiny. Yeah, it does. We're going to come back to do the podcast next year, and then Cheyenne Jackson's just going to walk out in a That's towel. Right. That's right. Got it. So, I, mean, I think he's like happily married to a man and has kids, but 
You know what, though? You know what, though? Cabaret. <gasps> That's a good song. You know what, though? You know what, though? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great idea for a song. Wait, can, okay, can I pitch this to you? Yeah, yeah. Okay, you know what, though, is great because each verse is basically a, an impossible premise that you yeah. set up. It's like... <laughs> You know what, though? <laughs> and then the counter-argument about why you're so amazing and why you're going to make it work itself. out. Why you're going to make it work oh out. Oh, my God. I'm an EGOT now. And, you know what, though? And in the very last line, you go through the whole thing, and then you go, you know what, though? All you can drink Chardonnay. Yeah! And then you're out. You have, like, 33% of a song Oh, my right God. Thank there. God you, you came into my life today. <laughs> Otherwise, I would truly just be like, Poppy, what now? That was my... <laughs> what are we? That could also be another song, Poppy. Poppy, what, what now? now? <laughs> it's a beautiful. It's almost a sad you light up my life kind of a song. Yeah. <laughs> I, feel like the world, I feel like the world needs more sad piano ballads. Just oh. those 70s yes. gut-wrenching yes. where you could just hear. You know, now I feel like so much about pop music is 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 about the 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 vocal um I don't know. I don't the know. Riffs, what to, like the, the riff, like the vocal riffs. The vocal masturbation. That's exactly I'll tell right. You, it's not about. It's not about consonants. That, okay. Can I get a little bit of diction <laughs> in my pop music? <laughs> what the fuck? You don't get that sense anymore. Like you would hear Barry Manilow, Manilow, or a Carpenter song. Or, Cross. Yeah. The, oh, I. I or, or, or bread, and you go. Yes. Oh, I don't think he's okay. Like, you would really get the sense that something yeah. was wrong. Like, I want to really be concerned. I want to be concerned about my crooners. I want the kind of concern where you go, like, I got to call them and make sure they're okay. Yes, Someone exactly. checking on them? Because yes. I'm a little worried. Yeah. I heard their diary, their private diary of this song, and I'm a little worried that something's yeah. off. And I want them to sound like they're my mom. You know, like, my friend... He doesn't like Karen Carpenter's voice because he, he thinks that she sounds matronly. And I'm like, yeah, and it's wonderful. I'm like, she sounds, her voice is impeccable in my and opinion. And she has an insane range, too. Yeah. She goes all the way to oh, yeah. down in yeah. some songs. Yeah, you're like, oh, I'm just singing, for all we know. <laughs> I, watched, um, I watched a duet between Johnny Cash and Joni Mitchell because it was just her birthday. Uh -huh. And it was from, I guess, I guess from his show. And her voice was in, like, her range was insane. But then, thanks to your, thanks to thanks to the, everyone's buddy, cigarettes, yeah. the, it, like her voice like drops an octave like every decade yeah. and got lower. But yeah, it, you know. But I love the I love like that's what a singer should be able to do. I think. I agree, and like what I love about Joni Mitchell is that she like she just like fully like has embraced like what her voice is now. She's like, yeah, I smoke and I'm, I sound like this now, and as opposed to like trying to. Still have that sort of like, um, not tweety, like, you know, yeah, like yeah, sort yeah. of fluttery. So, yeah. like, she she obviously can't do it anymore, but she doesn't care. And, and she like, just sticks in her lane. She, she sticks in her lane, you know. I'm so, so glad that you recognize, too, as a professionally trained singer. Mm -hmm. And I think it happened somehow, sometime around, like, I think it was American Idol mm -hmm. that sort of brought that that kind of like soul yodeling, yeah. like, yeah. it's like, being technically proficient doesn't yeah. mean there's you no, have soul. Yeah, it's no. It's like to me, like there's like there's no connection to like the song. You know, right. like that for me is like what's exciting. It's like 
whoever, however they're singing and if they're rapping or whatever they're doing, it's like that they feel it. You know, that's what matters. I hate when you're like watching somebody sing and they're just like, they're moving their hands all around because I've seen like Mariah do it or Christina <laughs> do it. Um, and, but they're not thinking about what they sang. And like Whitney was like a great example of how you can do all those things. Like, you know, she just, her voice was just one in a million, you know? Yeah. But I think once... Whitney really commanded pop music like a lot of people that heard her felt like they had to do the same thing but it's not necessarily who they are you know yeah watching American Idol it's just like I remember seeing them it's like oh all they're doing is just like fucking singing these runs and stroking their clit they're just like oh my god you hear that oh, 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 oh. I don't know if I ever saw that on American Idol before was that a, that a specific unless you're Fantasia who can do whatever the fuck she wants because she fucking kills it have you ever seen her on the Tonys singing the song um, from The Color Purple no she is so overcome at the end of singing it that she just has to dash off the stage she is just so I love the Tony Awards oh and I don't even I don't even have to see most of the shows but what I what I love yeah. about the Tony Awards is that like all the other shows are just so serious and mostly full of seat fillers. Yeah. And so that's why the, the crowds don't always respond because the crowd... I've never been, but that's what I the crowd's always <laughs> The crowd's always changing up. But the Tonys, yeah. it's like everyone wants to be there. Yeah. And they're excited about it. Yeah. And they're invested in it. Yeah. And it's just such a fun... It's a fucking great show. Maybe because they only get one. And, you know, like... And, like, actors are like... They have the Golden Globes, the Emmys, the this, the uh, the critics, the this. And they're probably just worn out, you know. Too many dresses. I gotta look beautiful too many times. I gotta say thank you to my agent too many times. I'm tired. <laughs> well, I just I think the theater. I think the, the I think theater is more a of a community. community. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. much more of a community, and it's a localized community. Yeah. And you know, film, television, people are all over the place. It's yeah. not. It's not all the same thing. So. And there is something about like you know when people say when you do a musical you fall in love like you fall in love with everybody in your cast you're like oh, I'm gonna know these people for the rest of my life and yeah you're like crying on closing night and shit like that in a movie or TV you're just like you do like a love scene with somebody you just met 20 minutes before and you're like, okay, let's go. <laughs> okay. But, it says I'm supposed to put my head in. Oh, okay, well, okay, here we go. Right, we'll and you didn't want to say yeah, bye. <laughs> oh, hey, I remember you. Didn't yeah. I? Oh, yeah, didn't we do that? The, the, the sort of, I'm, I'm thinking about like what other, other versions of that clit stroking you were talking about <laughs> is yeah. like, like if you were an architect, you ought to see Poppy Snapchat. Snapchat. <laughs> Poppy's just over there, stroking her clit. <laughs> okay, Poppy, what now? Zero. Uh, more clit stroking from Snapchats. Okay. But, uh, Sorry, I cut you off. Poppy, Puppy Clit Tuesday. <laughs> Where it's just Poppy, Puppy Clit all day long. All day. Poppy, Puppy Clit, Clit, Poppy, Puppy Clit, Poppy, Puppy Clit. You got another song. <laughs> Poppy Puppy Clit is a song. It is a smash hit. <laughs> I, I was trying to think of the, like in other professions, the same version of that. It's like you don't have to hit every every little yeah. tremolo thing. It's like if you were an architect and you just put every detail in a building that you could possibly yeah, exactly. like, look, I put every detail. Yeah. Like, yeah, but you know, there's artistry in knowing what not yes, to put in. Yes, yes. There's artistry in knowing not what to not put But in. I think that's also just part of it is that yeah. when the, the musical competition shows, a lot, most, most of them are like newer, young yeah. singers. Yeah. And so they haven't, they haven't learned that yet, but then that's, that's what's being popularized. Yeah. So everyone just goes, oh, that's what a good singer is. But if you, right. if you listen to like 
Billie Holiday or Etta James or Karen Carpenter. Or yeah. Jill. It's like they don't. They're not trying to copy. They anyone. don't do all that stuff. Right. Like you can just you can hear or Patsy Cline. Yeah. Like you can hear or Dolly. Yeah. You can. I mean, one of my favorite videos, and I, I probably watch it like five times a year. It's from 1985. It's Kenny Rogers singing "We've Got Tonight," the oh. Bob Seger song. Oh. And then halfway, he's in this oh. massive arena. It's peak Kenny Rogers. Oh. And Dolly Parton comes in oh. halfway through. And you know, obviously Kenny has a great voice, but it's yeah. like he and Dolly are not even on the same no. fucking Dolly, solo system. Yeah, Dolly is in her own. She's orbiting around. There's her. There's there's Aretha. There's like Whitney. And it's just and so the thing that's so fun to watch. And I saw it once. I've seen Ann Wilson perform a couple times, mm. and it's just it's effortless. Oh my God, her and the Kennedy Center honors. With uh, seeing Led Zeppelin. Did oh, you yeah, see? yeah, yeah. And he, he's up there just... Just crying. Just wiping away the tears. Yeah, because she's she, crushing she's it. She's crushing it. And then, like, all the hats, you know, when they all wear the... Because the... What's his name? John Bonham, was that his name? Yeah. And then his son's there, and the, and the chorus comes out, and they're all wearing those little hats that he used to wear. And then she's singing, and she just... Oh, my God, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. And you look at her face, and there's no... Like, she's just as calm as if she's having yeah. a conversation. yeah. That's a whole other level. I don't even oh, yeah. know if you... She just knows. But the heartbreaker is... I don't... I'm a heartbreaker. I'm talking about heart. Oh, no! <laughs> God, that was oh, I thought you were going to start talking about Tom Petty. I thought, that, I thought that's the pun we were going no, for. No, no. The heartbreaker, as you may or may not know, that Anne and Nancy aren't speaking to each other. What? Anne and Nancy Wilson are not speaking to each other. I didn't know that. Because that, you know, the heart is like such a... I love two sisters together mm. doing something. I saw them at the Greek. I saw Heart of oh. the Greek like um, maybe 15 years ago. That must have been good. Oh, yeah. And it, to this day, and, and I, I didn't really pay. I mean, I remember the song from the 80s, but the song Alone. Oh, yeah. But when but seeing it live, oh. it's, it's just like that fucking Memorex ad where the guy's <laughs> in the chair and the hair's yeah. blown back. I mean, it's... <laughs> She's unbelievable, uh, and, and it was one of the one of my favorite concert experiences of oh all my time. God, that's amazing. There's a I gotta find the song. There's one. There's a heart song from an album that they did. Um, hang on a sec. Let's see. Barracuda. What no, no, no. It's it's like, like it, it was it was a Zeppelin track? cover. They did a, it was a Zeppelin cover. Um, <sighs> Robert Plant. Why couldn't I think of his name? Or is it Roger? Robert Plant. Oh, Robert. Robert. Roger. Pl- I'm Roger Plant. I'm Roger Plant. I'm Robert's brother. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> Hang on. No, uh, I'm Roger. <laughs> I'm Ro- I'm the I'm the manager, Roger Plant. If you're the twin of Robert Plant, your name is Roger. You're just like, oh my god, Robert Plant. So excited to meet you. Oh, oh. I'm Roger. I'm Roger. <laughs> Come from the land of the ice and snow, <laughs> the hammer of the gods, drive our ships to new lands. Here we go. It's the Battle of Evermore. Have you heard this? No, I think so. Do they do this at the Greek? No. This was just from some live album from 1996. 
Upsetting how good that is, <laughs> and the fact that they're not speaking. Yeah, it's a heartbreaker. Well, I did it again. Come on, <laughs> you knew the first time. <laughs> you did it again. <sighs> Maybe you should write a song about how they just need to work out their differences. That's true. How can you mend a broken heart? Come on. Oh! See, we're all doing Do it you like now. That one, Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> What's the song? Is there a song? Is there a song to you that you feel like is uncoverable? What makes a good cover? Because I heard, I've I've heard some when I hear like a what I call like a lazy cover, where yeah. it's like where a band where it just feels like oh you just want to hear you just want to do a karaoke version yeah of that exactly song. as opposed to when someone like really yeah takes like pulls something yeah. really magical out of yeah. a song and makes it their own. One song I would say nobody should ever cover is "Mandy" by Barry Manilow. <laughs> 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 Sorry, kids. I know everyone's clamoring, but put away your Mandy covers, and we're about to tell you why. But there's other songs, like one of my very favorite songs is uh, Be My Baby, you know? Yeah. Be my, be my little baby. I could hear a thousand people sing that because it's such a perfect song, such a perfectly crafted song. But so is Mandy, but it's like, it's just not meant to be sung by anybody other than Barry. Right. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, I, that's such a good question. I don't really want to hear anybody else um, sing anything that Aretha does. <laughs> no, I guess you really can't. Because <laughs> um, like, they, they try, unless they're going to do it totally different or like, you know, like in a, like if like, um, you know, Jennifer Lewis. Mm-hmm. Like if she sang, or Jennifer Hudson can cover whoever she wants. She's got a nut. She's an incredible. What about voice. for you? Is there a song? Is there a, is there a song for you that you feel like ah, I just I want to tackle that one, but I don't know. Well, uh, the reason Barry was on my mind is because I did the Tonight Show last night. So I'm like, oh, how'd that go? How was it? Tonight Show. You did pretty well on that show. Yeah, not just. I mean, it was bad. But they like every time I'm on it, they want me to sing, and I can't really sing my original songs because it's like you can't say titties on Tonight Show or whatever songs they have. And um, so I was just trying to figure. And I was like, oh, I, I kind of want to do like a Barry Manilow thing, like have a whole whatever. And I was like, I can't, I can't do this. Like it, it, it can't be done. First of all, there's, there's so much production value in it. There's like backup singers and whatever. So I sang Rihanna, and I think she's fair game. I think you can cover Rihanna. Anyway. You can cover Rihanna, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love her. I think she's great. And I love, like, you know, her, like, getting political now. But Manilow. Manilow. You gotta just, like, he's, he's his own thing. How do you know, just for people as we're sort of winding this down, for people who... Because I, I think one of the things that we talked about besides uh, Poppy Puppy Clit Tuesday... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Always 
Tuesday. <laughs> this is all just, it was just for your script. Yeah. This is just all for your script. It's all yeah. for your script. But I feel like uh, a lot of also what we talked about was, um, you know, just figuring out who you are, being comfortable with who you are, being authentic, not trying to be someone else. We talked about that with cabaret, with stand-up, yeah. with... But when did you really start figuring it out and how, like, how would you tell people to start figuring out if, if they all of a sudden go, oh, wait, maybe I am someone who copies someone else on stage. How do I know who I am? Is it, do you just have to live a while yeah. longer or is there, a, is there a, an easier way? I think you got to live your, live your way through it, yeah. <laughs> you know, but, but the truth is like, um, so the, the golden diaper on the wall, it's a, one, re, it's a good reminder. Cause I used to do the show called our hit parade and it was like, we would cover pop songs and that was the whole thing. And like, it was really wild and, and it, but it was also a time of discovery, you know, like figuring out like, um, my voice, like by covering other people's music. And so anyway, around that time I started my own band and, um, Ad, Adam Horowitz, mm-hmm. Ad Rock from BC Boys was in it. And uh, I was like, you know, I want to, I want to make an album and I want to do like, I'll just, you know, make an album of like cover songs that I've done that have been great at our hip parade or whatever. And he's like, no, you got to write your own music. And I was like, but my, my ideas are, are silly. And he's like, he's like the BC boys, you know, BC boys music was all silly in the beginning. And you know, like, he's like, do you? And so that's when I started writing songs called what I got to do to get get that dick in my mouth. (laughs) Cause it made me laugh. So instead of trying to be like smart and sophisticated, I did something that made, that gave me joy. And I was like, and it's like, you know, it took me so long, but like, once you are saying what you want to say, then it's going to make so much sense. Everything gets easier. People, more people want to hear what you have to say. That's, that's the key for me. So, yeah. Especially because I think when someone seems like they are comfortable in their own skin, yeah. Other people are like, what, what's that person know that I don't know? Like it's a, it's a very, it is a very like being comfortable in your own skin and you can't force it, but being comfortable in your own skin is an incredibly attractive quality because it's what everyone wants to feel. Yeah. Yeah. Most of the time. That's why they distract themselves constantly because they don't feel comfortable in their own skin. And that's like, like sometimes if I get like a call to do like some like big audition or big meeting or whatever, and I know it's not me. I'm like, I can't, I won't do it because it distracts me from, then I'll go into a tailspin of like, ah, I'm not good at this. You know, like I just want to do things that make me feel confident and strong and powerful and like I'm doing right by myself. Yeah. You know, and Adam, that's what Adam always did. He'd be like, do you? And I think, you know, it's working for them. So why can't it work it for works, me? It worked pretty well for everyone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then lastly, what is the crazy... What's my number? It is. I am single. <laughs> six four six. It's 1-800-POPPY-CLICK. You saw with the phone company trying to get those numbers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wanted, um, is this available? I'm sorry. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, sir. What did you say? It's a, don't. It's not. Don't. It's, it, it, it's not. It's a movie I'm writing. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Uh, um, what what's the question? craziest thing that you've ever that you can remember doing? On like, what's your craziest cabaret night memory? Well, one of them was I was going around the room and I sang the song called Titties and I was like, and I hate when people show up to my show late. It like makes me insane. Cause we're already starting late. So like, 
I'm going around the room. I'm like motorboating people. <laughs> and I turn around and I see this table. Like somebody had, like while I was facing this way, had just filed in and sat down. And I turn around and I go to motorboat this person. Because I was like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> and it was Gloria Steinem. And I was like, oh, that's exactly what I did. I was like, stop that music. <laughs> Gloria Steinem's here. Gloria Steinem's here. Gloria Steinem's here. And she'd come like right from like something with Oprah. Like she like she had a good excuse to be late. Not that anybody needs an excuse to be late. Their money, they can do whatever the fuck they want. But like that was a moment that really truly stopped me in my tracks. And it took me like five minutes to get back. You know, just in my to take take the night back over. So you did not motorboat her. No, no, no. <laughs> but I would. <laughs> if you. <laughs> Those are She's great. hot, by the way. Yeah. She is hot. She looks good. I was at a party, and she was out on the dance floor, and I was like, Gloria! That's yeah. fantastic. And it also a good reminder of, like, because I would imagine not many things can throw you. You probably... Yeah. Like, not, no, most things you just sort of ride out. You just you know? sort of roll with. Yeah. But when you're about to motorboat Gloria Steinem... Yeah, that'll stop you dead in your tracks. Then you- <laughs> Every time. <laughs> Does Poppy... Does Poppy say anything? Does no, Poppy she's, sing? She's prepping her clip right now. She's prep, prepping it? <laughs> yeah, she's prepping it. Prepping it, it and like a, uh, like with the garlic and uh, butter? <laughs> or I don't know. What, what do you mean she's prepping it? She's got ginger root over there. Just <laughs> She's soaking it in apple cider vinegar. And then she just sort of like lightly pats it with the ginger root. And then she tucks it away for a little bit. Then just, she brings it out. Just need to let the listeners know she was doing the space work of like a mortar and a pestle. Yeah, that's what I was trying yeah, to do. Yeah. Like, I don't know those big words. I don't, I don't have time for those big words. I don't have time. I just know what it is that she does. Yeah. I don't have time to name everything. Yeah. I just know she's putting ginger root on her yeah. puppy clitoris and we're going out after. Okay? Is that okay? Oh, it's okay. Is she in your live show? Yeah, I wrote her a song. It's a love song. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. Well, thank you for being here in your own apartment. Thank you for coming to my Thank you for having me in your fancy penthouse. It's PH. It is. It's it's PH on the elevator thing. But it's a rental. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I apologize. I've earned this. Yeah, you don't fucking... You don't have to own... You know, like... Yeah. If I lived in New York, I wouldn't fucking own an apartment. I would rent a place. Yeah. Yeah. This place is great. Thank you. Well, you've you've earned it, and uh, I'm so glad to see you happy, and that you're doing so well, and I just... I think the world of you. I loved having you on at midnight every single time, and I was so glad you were. You want to do the podcast? And thank you for always being so sweet and generous on your show at midnight. You always really made me feel very welcome. Oh please, you. no! I just I love funny people, and you're fucking hilarious. So it just. It was if I had a show like that, I'd be in my dressing room, fucking prepping my own clip, and wouldn't talk to anybody. <laughs> I mean, I did prep my clip quite a bit. <laughs> But it's just I'm a good time manager, so it's mm. like I, I was able to prep it. I knew that about you. Yeah, and yeah. still be able to yeah. get, you know. You got your shit together. You, I do, like, yeah. You're someone that has your shit together. Yeah, I, I, I have not. a special clip prep calendar yeah. in iCal. <laughs> it's pink, of course. Uh, but uh, it's, just, it's really just about time management. <laughs> yeah, that's all it is. Oh, my God. I'm so happy. I was, like, afraid that I was going to... There was a moment where I was laughing. I thought I was going to let out a little fart, so I'm glad that didn't happen. <laughs> I don't think anyone's farted on the podcast before. Yeah, you mean Quentin Tarantino didn't? <laughs> if he had, I would, I would. I didn't notice, but maybe he did. I'm sure some silent ones have leaked out. Oh yeah. Now that I sure. think about it. Yeah. 
But I don't know. I haven't. Ne- you would never be like, "Hey, did you just drop a stinker?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. Was that you, <laughs> Jodie Foster? Did you do that? Oh, Jodie Foster. Yeah, you've had some. Sorry, you're really. You're, you're uh, you're dipping down low tonight. No, today. we are up in the fucking penthouse. As a matter of fact, <laughs> it was an honor to have you on, Bridget Thank Everett. You for Thank me you on. so much, Thank and you. Uh, enjoy your burrito. ID 10T scanning complete. Enjoy your burrito. Behind every successful business is a story, and some of them might surprise you. Like how Chobani's first yogurt factory was discovered on a piece of junk mail, or how the founder of the multi-million dollar cosmetics brand Drunk Elephant was told by everyone, including her own mother, that the name sounded like a dive bar. I'm Guy Raz, and on my show, How I Built This, I talk to founders behind the world's biggest companies and brands to learn the real stories of how they built them. In each episode, you'll hear entrepreneurs share moments of doubt and failure and talk about how they were able to overcome them on their way to the top. How I Built This is like a masterclass in innovation and creativity, a how-to guide for navigating life's challenges from the people who've done it all. Follow How I Built This on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to How I Built This early and ad-free right now on Wondery Plus.